First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Dobre Den, and welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, The Pot of the Everyman, The Two Beers Podcast, episode 121. I'm Jordan. I, I keep this thing spinning. I'm here with Drew. Drew, what's up, man? Spinning all the real, baby. Uh, how are you this week? Feeling saucy. Get, getting back into the office a couple of days? Office, booze, co- oh, I mean, not cocaine, coffee for long time to see. Cigarettes. Lovely. Awesome. Eh, nah, I've never been much of a cigarette guy. Um, Yeah, but they help you stay awake. Right? Is that a thing? Is that, is, that, is, that yeah. a, is that real? It is. Did you make that up? Nope. You made that up. That's liar. how Gloria White. You for- liar first started her addiction she was like i don't know i needed to stay up all night and study and people gave them to me in college huh. 40 so, years later she quit congratulations so instead of fake adderall they just went straight cigarettes okay all right yeah i mean they they probably could have kicked a cocaine addiction a little bit easier if they actually went with cocaine but you know love anyway it. love it love it now we're off to a good start all right assume position for running. the world famous we're running we're running Two brew salute, and a three, and a two, and a beep. Oh, nice thwack. Um, I don't know if you all are getting tired of it, but I sure am not. Nugget nectar. What do you got? Nice slurps. What do you got? Going old school. Little Roni late. Oh, good for you. Uh, all right, chill, bro. If you don't like the slurp, just go to a different station, bro. <laughs> all right, um, we got a lot to talk about here. I don't think we do. I think we're gonna get this done in forty-two minutes. Do you Bye. see my notes? We have a <laughs> lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally read your notes and your outlines. <laughs> oh, fucking nerd. Uh, this, is yeah. my, this is my life, everyone. This is my life. It's okay. My co-host hates me. Yeah, just generally dislikes. Hey, is a strong word. Anyway, better be Evan Yard last week. Whew. Great scrap. Hat tip to Yard. I feel for... I feel I feel bad that anybody that was like coaching like three year old basketball players and didn't get to watch this live. I feel bad for those people. Yeah, total nerd. A nerd to get um, responsibility instead of jerking off and watching ba- or boxing at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> at the same time or back to back? Uh I can't confirm or deny that that I didn't do both in the same eight round period that it lasted. How'd you do the cards? I, I don't want to know. I listen. Anyway, I'm very ambidextrous. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <you, laughs> I think that takes like four hands, but this, here or there. This um, fight, God, 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 God. Yard, hat tip to Yard. The guy showed up. Yeah. He's a gamer. I, I, I just. This is what makes me love 
boxing, and sports in general. When the underdog shows up and they're prepared, conditioned, they would they don't shrink from the moment, and they freaking push the favorite. That is awesome, and that's what Anthony Yard did to Better Beev. Better Beev was pushed, uh, but just like the big old bastard always does, he just chops and he chops and he chops and he doesn't freaking stop until the tree falls. And sure enough, eighth round, eighth round called by yours truly, KO. Referee had to step in. It, it, it was a little bit of an odd situation. He kind of looked at the like at the corner, like, "Dear God, please save me! Like, don't let me go back out." And then he went back out, and then the corner was like, "Ah, oh, shit! Like, maybe we <laughs> should let him go back out." And you know, a couple more blows. You know, corner steps up on the apron. Referee steps in, so stoppage. Better be of goes to his knees in joy in celebration. Uh, just. Great, great scrap. I mean, better be of what can you say? I, he he outlanded him pretty handily. I, I, do you have those punch stats? Uh, I can certainly give those to you because you know, as always, I save all that good stuff. Uh, it, it was uh, yeah. I mean, it was it, it kind of a couple you, of those. You, you want me to give you the actual numbers? Or you want to just like guess it? I am not going to guess it. I'm just going to say that a couple of the rounds felt like. They were kind of close, but as you're about to read the numbers, you'll see that no, they weren't necessarily close. So, better be if uh, lands 136 out of 334, yard 111, 357, jabs 52, 153, better be if. And this is the one area where you thought yard might have the advantage, uh, but no, not so much. 36 out of 160, power shots 84 to 181, better be if 75, 197 for yard. Round by round, we're going to go better be of than yard here. 10 9, 12 13, 16 10, 26 14, 27 18, 11 15, 25 21, and then the final round, right as the stoppage, 9 11. Huh. So some they were a little bit closer. I, <sighs> yeah, so. On first first read through the numbers, I thought there was some wider gaps in there, but I guess they were pretty close. When. And this is this fight was a perfect example of besides taking away the guys in it. This is a perfect example of why Floyd kind of ruined boxing with the friggin' like protect the O. Because you had two judges that had Anthony Yard ahead on the scorecards. One at the time of the stoppage. One had him ahead three rounds. Three rounds. That's just Another had him ahead one round. When you really look at the punch, when you really look at the punch, now and again they don't have the punch stats, but even when you go back and rewatch the fight, there is there's no way at the time of the stoppage that Anthony Yard should have been ahead of Better Beev. At the slightest, Better Beev should have been ahead by one round. If not, Better Beev should have been around by three. But it's like within the rounds and round five, great example of this. So uh, Better Beev, the first minute and a half, just. Double jab, which and that was the key to the fight. I thought Better Beev did a great job double jabbing Yard to where like he kept getting as because you know Yard's fast, he's got power, um, you know to negate a lot of that. I thought Better Beev was active by throwing that double jab to get inside and then reset himself. Um, minute and a half worked perfectly. Yard then lands a huge shot on Better Beev uh, to the fact where I I don't think I've ever really seen Better Beev look 
even stunned or hurt. Like, I don't know that he was hurt, but it looked like he felt it, the power oh, yeah. it, it, of it Yard. In the, yeah. yeah. And Yard had about another 15 to 18 seconds in that round where he really put together some nice combination and some shots. And then, you know, the last 30 seconds, better be if got him in a corner and just started, you know, peppering him with shots. But I gave that round to Yard because I was just so taken aback by better be of even being stunned a little bit in that big shot. But when you really looked at it, better be of only had a 27 to 18. Like, yeah, that close. round wasn't even close. Like, and, and like, that's the problem with boxing because, like, let's say that actually goes the distance. Anthony Yard, and I was going to text you at around round like 9 or 10. I think Yard's going to steal a decision here just because it was in the UK. And, like, yeah. you could see where he had some moments in these rounds where you could see some asshole judges giving them to him. That's why we just, I wish boxers in general, like, this whole thing, and a lot of it's just these, like, niche fans that, like, suck off promotions. Like, let's just stop worrying about, like, you know, somebody being undefeated because, like, judging is so subjective. I Like, to me, it was common sense that better be of a head, was ahead, but you had these judges that actually had yard on the scorecards. It's like, that, no, you're wrong. Yeah, just because he wins a 25 second moment. Yeah, man. You, you like, have to wait, you have to weigh the rest of the round, too. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, it's not bad. It's not like, it's not, there's not a clock and points and a scoreboard at the end. Like, it's these three judges who are giving you points based on how they feel around when. So, um, I thought this fight was a great example. That's why I wanted to highlight that. Uh, cause again, when you really looked at it, Better be of, I think I had I, I had him ahead sixty seven sixty six at the time of the stoppage, but like I said, that round five I shouldn't in no way given Anthony Yard, but I, it was just that moment. So better be of should have been ahead sixty eight yeah like six sixty eight sixty five when he gets the knockout. Um, when I watched it, I think I had given Yard two, two rounds, rounds. I think you yeah. gave him yeah, which yeah. I think that's right. I think two rounds. Maybe you give him a third swing, maybe, but again, like tops. Uh, I also thought, and I thought it was a great stoppage. Like I thought, Yard quit. Like when he, like he's once you turn your back to the ref, that's usually the sign that you're like no mas, you know. Right. And after Better Beev, who lands him with uh just a straight right hand, man, like like the the looping hook that sent him to the ground was the knockout blow, but the right the, the straight right that he yeah. hit him with it's a what, second before that's yeah. what that, pardon me, oh sorry, that's what just absolutely destroyed Yard. Um, and he's walking, his back's turned to the ref. He's just like, you can tell he's got the spaghetti legs going to the corner. And I, I don't, again, I think we talked about this. Like, I don't really know what the refs are doing when they hold your forearms. Like, like to, I guess they're trying to see, can you like, like, do you, can you, do you have any power in your arms to even lift off? I guess that's what that is, right? Yeah. Like see what kind of resistance there is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how a ref could even let, like, based on what he did, I don't know how a ref could even let him go. But as soon as better be of lands two more monster shots on the corner, that was an absolute perfect stoppage. Yard had no idea where he was and was just going to get hurt. So I saw a lot of premature stoppage stuff on Twitter. Like, get a life. Just just get a life. Uh, and Art of better be of, I mean, 19 wins, 19 knockouts. I, I, I don't even care. I don't even want to, like, the Bivol thing, like, just appreciate this dude. He's 38 years old. He is just knocking dudes out. And his boxing skill is so underappreciated because of the knockout streak. It's it's nuts. He's awesome. If you don't watch him, I just I feel sorry for you. So it's amazing. It's he he very much reminds me of Evander Holyfield. It's just 
he he once again the inside he's mucking it up holyfield was dirtier for sure uh, a lot of headbutting forearms and stuff there's some headbutting with with better Bia, but not not a ton um but as i said you know he was going to get to the inside throw that big you know looping right hook and the one that knocked yard down was what side of the head back of the head back of the neck kind of thing yeah, and yeah Kind of as as I predicted, that was that was the shot that was going to be there to hurt him, and um, it it was as predictable as it was. It was still just breathtaking to watch. He he is he is a joy to watch fight. Um, so from here, uh, yeah, I mean everyone's calling for him and Bibble, but I guess it's going to be uh, him and yeah. him and Callum Smith. I guess. Yeah, and uh, the I and I. It's interesting because I guess the WBC, I always forget that dude's name. Like, w- there's a thing about... Is it Suleiman? Yeah, like, Bivol. Like, the WBC still has an issue with Russia. Um, yeah, they want to ban Russia. But, like, he's fighting out of Canada, though, so that doesn't count? I have no... Well, no, Bivol. Bivol's not fighting out of Canada. Oh, for Bivol being Russian? It's, Rus- it's Bivol being Russian. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't think it's better be if. Oh, okay. Because isn't he? I think he's the WBC champ. Uh, better be if. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Um. Interesting. What was I gonna say? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's why like Eddie, man, like Eddie Hearn just like doesn't do himself any favors in public opinion. Like they're gonna push for this Callum Smith fight for with Better Be which is a. Cal Smith has been awesome at 175. I would love to see him and better be a fight. Like, it's not a bad fight if it happens next. But, like, come on. Like, you have three belts on one guy. You have one belt on Bivol. Just fucking make it happen. Like, let's just make it that. Let's ev- cooler heads prevail. Talk to Callum. Let Callum opt out so he gets the next fight. Stop this fucking Canelo rematch with Bivol. We don't need to see that. Let's Let's unify the titles. That's what... We want to see. Don't make this difficult. Let's not wait till Better Beev is forty years old before he fights. He Please. fights Bivol. Let Bivol capitalize on the wave of the Canelo win. Let Better Beev capitalize on his night. Like he's got nineteen wins by nineteen knockouts. You got the guy that beat Canelo. Just like it, it, it should be so easily marketable. Let's not make it complicated boxing. Let's just not do it. But they will. They will a hundred percent. And again, I've been saying that for. What seven months now? That even after these fights, I still don't think that fight will happen until twenty twenty four. I've been pretty vocal about it, so I, I I don't think it changes anything. Yeah, I I think you're right. Uh, the way the way it's playing out, unfortunately. But better better be is awesome. He's just I don't know. He's just so cool. <laughs> yeah, he is so fucking awesome. Love it. I love watching him fight. But yeah. Let's swing from the bastard swing. to El Terminador. This week, in El Vaccaro, Navarrete. It was supposed to be Navarrete versus, um, oh, oh, what's his name? Oscar he, Valdez. He, yeah, Valdez. Uh, but he got injured, so bye bye Valdez. Hello, um, Liam. I'm, I'm gonna get it wrong. Liam Smith. Sure. Liam, hold on. It's another Liam. Uh, Liam Wilson. Liam Smith was just a couple weekends ago. Liam Wilson. I knew I was going to get that wrong. Um, fine. Same difference. Yeah, and it's it's for a vacant belt, right? 
Uh, it's one of Shakur's. Uh, yeah, one of Shakur's two titles he vacated. Yeah. So um, it's on Friday night. So when the, we release this Friday morning, you know, hopefully you're listening to this ASAP and yeah, you get on that. But it'll be on ESPN at like one in the morning. Yeah, the like the last two Navarrete uh, main events haven't started until almost one a.m. So on the East Coast. So what? Well, don't expect much different on this one. Um, do you just want me to go straight to the odds? Yeah, like listen, uh, Navarrete should should easily win this fight. We also said this about his last fight, and he potentially one thirty, right? Yeah, it's his first fight at one thirty. He was yeah, you know, this that the fight was supposed to be him and Valdez, a hu- just a huge easy sellable fight amongst Muxing and boxing fans, uh, for one of those vacant titles. Again, Valdez gets hurt, so now we get this guy filling in. What can you do? It is what it is. Uh, I mean, if not Rante wins, he's gonna be a three-weight champion. Which, like, uh, like, how can you poo-poo that? Let's not shit on it. Um, and again, he was. Uh, I was. I was before the pod. We were talking about this one jerk off on Twitter that was talking about how he's. Uh, he's not really as big on Navarrete anymore because of who he's fighting. But like Navarrete, first off, he's got thirty-seven fights. Like, let's not ask. Like, this isn't a guy who's fighting like once a year. He's been fighting once a year for his entire career and only has like eighteen fights under his belt. He's got 37 fights under his belt. He was fighting like three to four times a year before the pandemic hit. Like he's been incredibly active and every time he's moved up in a weight class, the premier guys in that class have moved up. Not that they're ducking him, but like the time he's never been there. He moved up to 126 during the pandemic and guess who was at 126 that top rank also had under their roster? Shakur Stevenson. Shakur moved right up to 130. Now he moved up to 130 and guess who's moving up to 135? Shakira moved up to 135. Burchelt moves up to 135. Like, the all, all the belts, uh, Gary Russell Jr. doesn't fight anybody. He fights once a year, and it's against Showtime, guys. And you're lucky if you get him once a year. Uh, Eddie Hearn has the other guys at 126 and 130. Guess what? Eddie Hearn's not in a huge rush, unless they're mandatories, to do business with the top-ranked guys. Like, he compl- he, uh, he, he low-balled Shakur Stevenson to fight Josh Warrington. Like, you think he's going to be making some great deal for Josh Warrington to have fought Navarrete? Of all the guys, if you want to shit on for his resume and or his activity, Navarrete El Termidor is not the guy to do it. Um, so he should win the fight again. Like let's, you know, we jo- or they've joked about how like he balloons up to one seventy <laughs> when he's not fighting, which is insane that he yeah, loses for yeah. that he loses forty pounds in between fights. So we'll which, see how he is. We'll see. Cracks me up because it just pisses Timothy Bradley off. Yeah, it's really no funny, and yeah. I just laugh because he just keeps showing up and winning. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll see if uh, we'll see if the power translates. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing I'm looking at here. Does um, does the uh, does the power translate up to 130? So far, it's translated from 122 to 126. We'll see if 126 to 130. Yeah, uh, it, it, it keeps going. lost. Yeah. So minus 1600 Navarrete. So Lee heavy, Wilson. heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. Uh, total rounds. It's a 12 round fight. Eight and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. The overs minus one ten. The unders minus one twenty. Navarrete by a decision plus three twenty. Navarrete minus three uh, KO or stoppage minus three fifty. Um. While while yes he probably does knock this guy out. I actually wouldn't be surprised if it if the over hit. I and I wouldn't be shocked if it went the distance only because. Moving up, does the power translate? Opponent on short notice, and again, 
This is one where if you have an underdog opponent who shows up and who's game and Navarrete didn't have a chance to game plan against, maybe he's a little bit more cautious. Maybe the rhythm's not there. He's moving up all at once. You know, so maybe he just kind of tiptoes around for a little bit to kind of, like, get the feel of the fight. And, and maybe this guy, like I said, maybe this guy just goes into defensive mode because, hey, I took this on short notice, so I'm just going to come out here and basically go in, into a shell. Uh, I don't know. I, if, you, if you feel like gambling, the plus 320 on the decision, I'd yeah. say this is, this is a spot to gamble. But. Don't be surprised if Navarrete rises to the occasion like he always does uh, and gets the KO. And, and again, he was getting outboxed, probably losing the fight, his last fight. <laughs> Could have made the argument he was dead. He lost all six rounds before that vicious body shot. And then he hits, he hits um, old, uh, what was it, what, uh, Baez? It's Baez. I, for, I the, forget. Pretty sure it was Baez. Hits Edward, I'm pretty sure it was Eduardo Baez. Hits him right, right in, the, in the liver. Just explodes the guy's spleen. Down on the ground for like three minutes. Oh, my gosh. It was it was divine. And walks away with the victory. And then Timothy Bradley, as I said, just gets all pissed off that he somehow pulled this off. Yeah, yeah Eduardo Baez, that was it. Tremendous. Um, hilarious. But he did go the distance versus uh, Yoet Gonzalez, the fight before that. So um, something to consider. That's all I got to say on Navarrete. Also on the card, Drew, who we got? So we got Arnold Barboza Jr., uh, yep. top, yeah, top 10 contender at 140, 27-0, uh, fighting uh, Jose Pedraza. He's, yeah, 29-4-1. You know, he's had, he's had three or four fights now at 140. Uh, you know, Pedraza was supposed to fight Tiafimo and Heisman, Heisman Knight. I think he contracted COVID or he got hurt. So they swapped this fight around. Um, the oh, my only interest in this fight, if Barboza doesn't stop, not he's not like a knockout guy, but if he doesn't convincingly beat Pedraza, then to me, like he's not even worth any big guy wasting their time at one forty. Like the whole thing right now is angling Barboza, angling to get a fight with Tiafimo Lopez. If he can't just completely whitewash Pedraza, like just. Yeah, he's not the yeah. he's he's not legit at 140. That's just basically the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I, I like that. Nothing uh, nothing else interests me in that fight other than can he actually end up? Um, can he do that? Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, agree. Also on the card, I think we have ba ba ba. We have Nico Ali Wash. Um, oh God, sorry. Excuse me. I got a little ah, a little heartburn here, man. Um. Nico Ali Wash, uh, and I, I I love me some Richard Torres Jr. at heavyweight. I, oh, yeah. I still still don't know if you're sold or you enjoy watching him at all. Uh, um, he's I just don't think he's very sound technically, but he's just a bull in there. So yeah. I mean, he's still only like four fights in, but yeah, he I, he tries to be, but he. The other thing is, is he he's not very technically sound, but he's so jittery that like. Smaller heavyweight too. Oh my gosh, he just comes at you. Yeah, he's probably what five ten two thirty. Probably. Uh, let's see. Keep talking. Maybe I can find it here on Box. Right I now. bet uh, he's he's built. He's just an ox. He looks like a total ox in there. Like, yeah. why does I love his? Does, uh, <laughs> why don't they? Like, I do love his. Them? I do love his Instagram now. The guy he's doing a hell of a tribe trying to market himself on social media now. 
Why don't they ever contact us to get uh, nicknames? The Ox. What is it? Now, uh, in in what ethnicity is he? Is he Mexican as well? Uh, I is he think Mexican so. American. I'm trying to. There's. I, I'll, I, I'll pull I, that part up. But I just searched. I know, he, his, he's, I, he's I American. just searched. He, was, his, he fought for the U.S. in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. He was in the. He was both him and. Uh, he was in the gold medal fight for heavyweight, and um, Keyshawn was in the gold medal fight at, uh, I guess, yeah. whatever. I, I was going to say, if he if he was Mexican, we could call him uh, El Toro, the bull. Yeah, he's player. from California, so it's like... We have to call him the Ox. I, I hate box rec when you try to, like, search people's names and stuff that, like, aren't common. Like, I got, like, 8,000 Richard Torreses coming up, which, like, how how is it possible that there's 8,000 Richard Torreses here? Like, come on. He's, oh, he's actually 6'2". Oh, he's taller than I thought. thought oh, wait. Like Hold on. Is this him? Hold on. No, that's not even him. Can't he's find six him. Two, he's 6'2", like 230-ish. <sighs> yeah. He's really... Uh, he's He seems like a good dude. Like I said, his uh his aunt and uncle were sitting in front of us at... uh or sit, well, two seconds. How could you not find it? I, I don't know. I typed in Richard Torres and nothing came up. Um, Or not him. Um, he was, he his, was two. He was two twenty nine and a half the last fight. Okay, yeah. I so say his his aunt and uncle were sitting in front of us uh, when he was the undercard for the Loma fight, and uh, they were they were really nice people. So, uh, I like I said, I'm excited to see him fight. I, I I enjoy him. He's a he's an active heavyweight that wants to he wants to throw punches, punches and bunches. Um, I think I, I Nico Ali Walsh. He's still. Yeah, he's still finding his way. Again, the the one thing I like about him is just that like he's very honest about his career trajectory. He's like, listen, I still have a lot to learn. I but I know there's a rocket ship on my ass because of who my grandfather is. So we're just gonna keep taking it day by day. How old do you think Nico Alley Walsh is? Twenty eight. Twenty two. Oh wow, way younger right? than I thought. Yeah, me too. I thought I, I thought, thought he was a late starter. I thought he was twenty five, but um. Yeah, twenty. It kind of ma- makes me feel a little bit better about it, honestly. I'm like, okay. yeah, but as I said, like he's he's very green, very raw. But that's why I like him because like he just he's just he he understands why he's being put on these cards and getting the exposure he's getting. And he's like, I get it. It's my I'm. But he he sees it as I'm being given an opportunity. It's it's now my it's my duty to take advantage of it and not waste it. I like that about I like that about him. Yeah, you know. So- yeah, and this fight's what in San Diego, right? Yeah, that's that's where they've been putting the Navarrete fights around that area. So, all right, well that'll be a fun card again Friday night. Um, hopefully you catch it or caught it. Um, but anyway, which more boxing on Saturday, right? Yep, the yes, women's sir. card. Big tell women's us, card. Tell, yeah, tell us about that one. Yeah, so we have on the zone. Um, Dazzle. We have we have two double undisputed's happening um, in New York at the Hulu Theater, the house that uh, that Tio built, my man. So we have Amanda Serrano, who's just awesome. She is fighting Erica Cruz for the for the undisputed featherweight championship, and the co-main Alicia Bumgarner, who we last saw fight Malika Mayer in a. Uh, and eh, maybe I guess you'd call it a controversial uh, fight in the UK on the uh, Clarissa Shields undercard or undercard. She's fighting uh, Elham Mecca, whatever, for 
the undisputed title, which is a little goofy because the actual she has three belts that she took from Mayor. Uh, or I'm sorry, two belts she took from Mayor. I think she had one of them. Um, the the fourth belt holder has like an injury exception, which has been debated whether or not she was just openly avoiding both uh, Mayor and Bumgarner. Hmm. So this is basically a fill-in for an interim title or a vacant title, but still the, the winner is going to be considered undisputed, I believe. So pretty awesome. We're going to have two undisputed women's fights um, in the Hulu in New York on February 4th. So pretty cool. And I mean, really the biggest thing about this one is that if Serrano wins the rematch with Katie Taylor is set, it's not going to be in Crow Park or whatever the hell that is in Ireland, this big venue, but it will be in Ireland. So good for those two, those two, uh, um, you know, those two women, they're going to have another banger fight that hopefully they get paid a ton of money to have in May. And if Bumgarner wins, you got to think that we're going to get the rematch with uh, Mayer, which those two have been fucking chippy as hell since the first one. And that's going to sell. So Bumgarner's on fire. Gets she's on she's a, she's a co-main for Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. Now she's the co-main for Amanda Serrano. And who knows if they? Well, I guess I, I guess Katie Taylor is the zone. She's not top rank. Like yeah. imagine if you had Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano in Ireland, and the under again the co-main for that was Bumgarner Mayor Part Two. Uh, I love it. Be really good for. I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think you'll get Mayer that. Mayor saying she wants to move up to fight Katie Taylor. Uh, she's moving up in weight, but I'm sure she'd figure something out to to rematch Bumgarner because the, that I mean that the money's there, and she lost, so it's yeah it be she's she's been the chippy one about how she didn't think she lost the fight. I'm sure she'd come back down. Yeah. Uh. Well. Anyway, looking forward to that. Um. Two good fights there. So. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, definitely, dude. Good weekend in boxing coming up. Hey, not, Mario not, Barrios not is back bad. on Showtime. If you give a shit about that. Mario Barrios. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, neither do I, so let's not talk about it. All right. Um, well, are you ready to move on from boxing, sir? Hello? Yes, sir. Sir. You ready You ready to move on from boxing? Oh, uh, let's do it. Okay. Um, NHL. I, I had a couple news and notes here that I wanted to talk about. Do it. Firstly, this this just cracked me up. Mark Stone, captain of the Vegas Knights, um, injures his back on January 12th and gets surgery, like, the last day or two. And, like, there's no real details about, like, what it was in his back. Like, I was searching far and wide, and it's like, yeah, he had back surgery. So-and-so performed the surgery. Uh, He's going to make a full recovery, but he's out indefinitely for now. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, what? back surgery like is he okay like what was the injury and i'm like googling like mark stone january 12th back injury and like not just not finding it and i'm like he had friggin back surgery like what i like it's just typical nhl like hilariousness like hockey players like yeah he'll be fine back surgery and i'm just like this does not happen in other sports. Like, if somebody's having friggin' back surgery, like, it's a big deal. And, like, remember when Peyton had, like, a pinched neck and it was, like, yeah. all right, it, it's the C3 vertebrae, like, you know, and they're showing, like, diagrams and, and skeletal uh, models and all this stuff. And, like, the the captain of a team is getting back surgery. And they're, like, yeah, out indefinitely. He'll be all right. <laughs> I was just, like, okay. Uh, that's interesting. 
Um, and another captain, Bo Horvat, Vancouver Canucks, gets traded to the friggin' Islanders. So, I if you I I would have definitely guessed that Bo Horvat was like, I don't know, 24, 20, 25, something like that. Okay. Uh, and like in my mind, it, I just always think of Bo Horvat as like. Great young player, great prospect coming on the on the up and up. Vancouver, once all these guys come of age, they're going to be good. But like, he's 27, and I'm like, ah, okay. And so like, he's going to be a free agent. They they signed J T. Miller and not Bo Horvat, even though Horvat's their captain. And J T. Like, Miller, baby. Yeah, so it's just like they they just passed the buck over to the Islanders, which he's having his best season he's like he's uh, he's gonna score like he's already matched his goal total from last year i think he's at 31 and it's uh, he's gonna hit 50 but it's just like damn they just traded their 27 year old captain who they've been grooming since he was 19 like what wow i don't know when i saw that i was like oh no that's that other guy horvat that got traded that other horvat it's like no that's that's Bo Horvat, their captain, 27-year-old captain. They traded him to the Islanders. I, I mean, maybe it ends up working out fine, whatever, but, like, geez, like, you don't see that in other sports either. Like, <laughs> it's just kind of bizarre. Um, and then finally on NHL, it is the All-Star weekend this weekend. And, like... It's just yet another all-star game that is meaningless, and I get it. But, like, I am i don't know why they had it on the same weekend as the Pro Bowl. Like, that that seems like just saturation. Now, I will say that the NHL all-star game is Saturday, and the Pro Bowl is Sunday. And so I was like, yeah, man, they still might get drowned out, though. Funny enough, because their NHL is now with ESPN, the NHL is taking Friday and Saturday. Like Friday is like all the skill stuff, and Saturday is the is the All Star game. The Pro Bowl had stuff tonight, which I didn't watch, and then the the Pro Bowl game, which now is a flag football game, is on Sunday. So the mm. NA, the NFL is taking Thursday, Sunday, and the NHL is taking Friday, Saturday, which. It's kind of hilarious to me. Like, coming in, I thought it was like, oh, man, why would you go up against the NFL? But, like, now that ESPN has them both, they're seemingly, like, spacing them out, which is interesting. And uh, the weird part is, though, the the NHL All-Star game is in freaking Sunrise, Florida, for the Florida Panthers. Like, why? Like, there's – do you just want nobody to go? Like, it's so freaking random. Uh the NHL I don't know. does itself no favors. It does not, and I think what they should do in the future is if they if if ESPN is really going to space them out like this, it would be awesome just for a one year trial run. Put them in the same damn city. That would be now that would be pretty sweet. Uh, you would have you know all the festivities going on. You could have the players. Can you imagine like a scrimmage of like, a, like I don't even know hoops, anything like a wiffle ball tournament, <laughs> where where you have like the NFL Pro Bowlers and the NHL All Stars. That'd like, be pretty wild. 
uh, just have it an e- ESPN driven extravaganza. Put it down at Disney where they have the uh, the, there you the go. whole sports thing. There you go. Put in the sports complex, and then you could you could sell the players on hey, like not only are you gonna come down here, but you know we'll we'll uh, we'll freeze out the park so you can do your fan like the families can come hang out here. So it's like almost worth the vacation. I wonder if the league, I mean, the league has to pay for all the travel for all these guys, right? Like they're not. If you make the All Star game, you're not paying for your own travel to the venue. <gasps> Excuse me, are you? Uh, I would imagine that it is covered by the league. Yeah, right. Uh, back in the day when the Pro Bowl was in Hawaii every year. Um, like a lot of times the running backs as like a thank you to their linemen, the running backs would pay the airfare and the hotel and stuff for the linemen and their families to come out on vacation. Like I know Bettis would do that all the time. Like as a thank you to the linemen Yeah. and just, just fly them all out to Hawaii. I kind of feel bad. It's not in Hawaii. Cause like that was just kind of a cool novelty and a cool yeah. tradition. And just like, they're like, sorry, Hawaii. You don't, you don't get that anymore. Huh. Like, it, and by the way, I, I, I think about this all the time. It's just so random that Hawaii's a state. Like, it, it's it's so far away from everything. A- anyway, I digress. You always um, digress. And, uh, that's just my thoughts on, on Pro Bowl, NHL. Anyway, um, you got anything? And we can talk about the NFL in a little bit, but you get, I guess, do you have anything on hockey you wanted to say, brah? Um, Sidney Crosby's the man. Yes, Crosby's awesome. Penguins are still gonna win the cup. I still feel pretty good about that. Um, we need a goalie so bad. Let's let's half clap it up. By the way, Eric Carlson, unbelievable season for the Sharks. Oh, just, dude, fucking spectacular. Oh, just right. I, I mean, right, right, <laughs> right. Well said. Fucking amazing. Well said. Glad you said it before I did. Uh, all right, let's shift to the NBA. Bruh. Oh, my God. Like, so much amazing stuff. What do you want to touch on first? Uh, um, National Basketball AAU. <laughs> okay, you, well, you do that. Go That's, ahead. I mean, it's – I don't know. Uh, even, even – I'll say this even about college. And I, I used to watch so much college – but, like, I don't know, like, okay, you got Pitt, right, that just beat North Carolina twice. North Carolina's not ranked. I I don't think Duke's ranked anywhere. They were 24th, right? Sure. I don't, I, I don't think Duke's ranked. Um, Kentucky's not ranked. Like, all these national powerhouses are just kind of like, meh. And, and, like, basketball both at college and in NBA has been so negatively impacted by AAU ball. Like, like structure, offensive structure has just gone to shit. Like it's just like the, the, the small fundamentals of the game are, are just so, so lost. Like, and we, oh, by the way, Navarrete weighed in at 129.2. You know how much Wilson weighed in at? Oh, I'm scared. 126.3. Oh, God. God. Uh, Any hoodles. It's like the the art of the game is just so lost. Like all these guys, you talk about how, ah, oh, guys are so much more skilled. Oh, so much skilled. It's like, you know, guys, guys are just athletic and can shoot the basketball way better than they used to because now it's like such a, there's an emphasis on that. 
But like guys, like these guys, like they're not doing back cuts, like elevator screen, like just the nuances, like like not, guys. It's not even the same game. Like they're just they're just it's glorified pickup ball. Which... The game the game is basically get the ball, get dribble the ball up the floor. If you can take your guy straight to the basket, do it. If not, try to find the the best three point shot available in within the first ten to twelve seconds of the shot clock. It's like it's like. Analytics run amok meets AAU run amok, and like yeah, it, and even in but going back to college, Drew, like, like my dad saying Pitt is like all twenty three and twenty four and twenty five year olds, and my dad's like they should have like three three or four guys with like you sh- they should be called doctor or whatever, like they should have their friggin' doctorates by now, yeah, and I'm like if you think about it. These guys who are now, like, on their third college team that are 23, 24, 25 years old, like, it, it, college used to be you went in 18 or 19, you were there for four years, you built the program up, but now it's, like, with the transfer rules, the NIL, the one-and-dones, like, there's no more building up a program. You get these transfers that are, like, 24 years old. The, these guys should be... In friggin' men's leagues by now, because they're obviously not good enough to go pro. Like yeah. they should either be like a low-level Europe or friggin' men's leagues by now. But now they're at major college programs getting NIL deals, getting their their ma- their masters or doctorates. It's just like, <laughs> it's like it, it kind of goes back to even uh, Kenny Pickett's like 25 years old for uh, the Steelers. Stetson uh, Bennett for Georgia Bulldogs, the quarterback, is like. 25 going on 26 it's like this isn't even fun anymore this is just dumb like who thinks yeah. this is cool like this is this is this is dumb between between just like the, the programs going to crap the game going to crap and like i hope it's just a phase and like everything kind of hits an equilibrium but like oh my gosh i know i like what like why would it stop it's just it's really annoying I, I agree. Um, anyway, didn't mean to hijack your NBA. No, that's fine. It's annoying. That's why, like, when you see these, like, runs and guys are like, ah, like, teams can't hold 50-point leads because everyone's just skilled. It's like, it's like, no, it's just because, like, on average. Some basketball. Yeah, but it's like, on average, like, most teams are going to shoot between 30 and 35% from three each night. And it's just about, like, when do you hit a spurt? So, you know, if I'm playing, you know, my team's playing your team, you know, if we hit our spurt first, we're going to go up 15 but then we don't stop shooting threes because that's what analytics don't, don't says. Don't adjust your game. Yeah, analytics says, yeah, just keep shooting those threes, baby. Shoot them, shoot them. But I'm going to eventually level out to that 30%. And then the other team that was cold, now they're going to start hitting them. And then where it's going to be a two-point game out of nowhere. Like, like it, there's just no adjustments, to your point, yeah, to, like, once you, once you get that, like, big lead, like, you should then be changing the way you're playing and valuing possessions – running like actual offense and then going for optimal shots regardless of how many points they're worth. Like it's just one thing that is interesting in in college hoops this year. There's a little bit of a resurgence of uh like post game. Like yeah, per- that's true. Per- Purdue has a couple guys, UConn um you're seeing some real bigs that actually play around the basket actually fire play with their threes back, yeah they're back to the basket and it's like yeah and it's it's refreshing to see and it's like okay like is this are these guys gonna get a chance in the league in the league to do this kind of stuff i hope so um 
but uh, yeah, I. It, but that's what you, you know. Like to your point, when you get a lead, like yeah, you you need to work the ball for easier shots. Like yeah. take yep. up the clock, get get high percentage shots, and every point once you get a fifteen point lead, every point you get should just feel insurmountable to the other team. Like ah oh, shit, even if you're trading baskets, like. Go ahead and trade baskets, like, but just you got to use the clock. You can't just just yeah, keep sniping. It, yeah, exactly. No, nothing drives me more nuts on a, a fa- like on a two on one fast break where a guy is, no longer is cutting to the basket to get in layup. Like they're fading out to the three point line to get up with. It's just like, like, in no way is you shooting a twenty four foot shot more advantageous than just going in for a layup or getting fouled and shooting two free throws. I'm sorry. Like if, if analytics is telling you differently than analytics, again, that's where analytics fails you. And again, um, I, I actually saw a Bill Burr comedy sketch that, that explains this type of thinking perfectly that like stats, there's just bias inherent in the stats. So like, you know, someone said, uh, you know, like, oh, Bill, don't you want to go uh, snorkeling? And he's like, I don't mess with sharks, man. And he goes, oh, no. I like, don't mess with sharks. He's like, yeah. no, no, Bill, it's okay. Like, 95% of shark attacks are in shallow water. He's like, yeah, no shit. 95% of people are in shallow water. Like, <laughs> like of course that's where the shark attacks are. That's great. <laughs> so good. <laughs> It's like it, it's just it, the bias is inherent in the stat. So it's yeah. it's like, oh, they, you shoot X percent from three. It's like, yeah, because inherently in the flow of an offense, like those are the like if you get an open shot, like but not, whatever, that's I'm speaking in tongues. I don't I don't give a, I don't get I don't wait. What's the line? I don't I, give it. I don't give a dang. You want to talk row hoops? Perhaps. Pepsi Cola in a Coke bottle. I don't give a dang. <laughs> what? So, a couple things. Yeah. The New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. My Is God. Zion good? So we. <laughs> so, when we did our not so mid-season second episode of the two for one, yeah, a few weeks back, yeah, we raved about the New Orleans Pelicans. How are they the one seed? What are they doing well? You know, they're top. They basically were top five in all the big efficiency statistics, turnovers, this, this, and this. Um, they were the one seed. Do you know what seed they are right now? Seven. They are the ten seed. Oh. They have lost Is that ten. Bad? They have lost ten straight games. Is that bad? They're now one only one game ahead of the fucking Lakers for the play-in. Yeah, that's bad. That's that's bad. Now, even though the West from uh, I'd say yeah, like four through thirteen are all just separated by like four games, that's bad. When you were the one seed, and now you've lost ten straight. They've lost ten straight games. And this just goes to show you, like, hey, man, like, listen, Zion, I gave him a huge extension. Guess what? Can you ever count on this guy to actually be fucking healthy? Like, yeah. Ah, man, it's wild. And they play the Lakers, uh, I think, Friday. Big game, man. 
in the standings. Like that's that's just insane to me. Um, I think we talked about it last week. Uh, Shannon Sharp officially ended the Pel or the Memphis's season. Uh, they're now one in seven <laughs> in their last eight games since the Shannon Sharp incident. Uh, Interesting. Just, Really bad, and, and and the other thing I just want to talk about with with the NBA, and I I want to touch on the All Star reserves tonight. But the other thing is like, so we look at the trade stuff now and some of the draft picks, and we've joked around because uh, the most absurd player we're talking about with multiple draft picks has now been linked to a dear friend of ours. Some may call him a brother on this podcast, Tory Wright in the New York Knicks, OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. It's it's thought that this guy is going to command three to four first round picks. Like if you ever needed a wake up call that your league is broken, it's now. The fact that basically a slightly above average role player who can't be the one, who could never be the number one option on your team, cannot be the number two option on your team possibly could be your third option more like your third to fourth inconsistently option on a night-to-night basis is calling for four draft pick first round draft picks is insane absolutely <sighs> insane and it's nuts like and and they're gonna get three to four draft picks for this guy and it's just it is nuts and here's here's what i'll say that's insane and it's not it's not the insanity isn't well you don't want to give those draft picks because got you know those are so first round picks like you know you could be passing up on the next Victor Wamba whatever the hell it is right I used to be able to say his name and I I can't remember what the hell it is it's the fact that like those but like those are assets in your treasure chest that eventually you need to help you get the guy that's going to put you over the hump there's only two teams that could make a trade for OG Ananobi in my opinion. That you could look at and say, if they give up three first-round picks, I, I wouldn't absolutely lose my mind and say that their GM, their owner, their coach, anybody involved should be fired and you should burn down their arena. One is the Denver Nuggets, because I think the Nuggets ha- absolutely have a chance to contend for a title, and their biggest issue is that they can't, they can't, they have a huge absence defensively, and the reason for that is they have their three best players are Jokic, Murray, and. Michael Porter Jr. Jokic and Murray are average to below average defenders. I don't care what the Vorp and the Vapor say about Jokic. That's just what they are. They're average to below average. And Michael Porter Jr. has tons of potential to be a good defender, but you can't trust that his back's not going to explode on a night-to-night basis. So, like, they actually, like, they have a chance to win a title, but... They actually need a defense. Like they, they, they just need a guy. They could use a guy like OG Ananobi, who's an excellent defender. What he can guard one, two, and three. Be a glue guy. Yeah, like like an Aaron Gordon type, who they already traded for. Like <laughs> that makes yeah, that makes sense. Like I could be like, all right, let's because and listen, no free agents ever fucking signing there. I don't care. I guess this is why again I argue with my buddies all the time. It's why the league is broken anyway. No one as good as Jokic is as good. You know, no one's signing there. Like as a free agent, absolutely nobody. So make your, you have to make pushes like this to keep your Jokic's and your Murray's there because you're not gonna be able to sign a free agent. So totally fine with that. And the only other team is the Warriors, because the Warriors they have a they have a small window here in the next three to four years 
to get another to get at least one more title. Maybe they could get two. Who knows? And they have never gone all. They, you know, they've. Ne- I always joke because I always joke about LeBron and uh, and Curry with our buddy Teddy. Like Curry has never forced them to trade assets to make that team a stone cold lock contender. Even after you know, I mean, Draymond has dropped off. You know, Clay's gone through two massive surgeries. They still have tons of assets in forms of draft picks and young players to where if you give up that type of capital to bring in OG Ananobi, that that would fill a what would fill a need that would absolutely I think catapult them into a top contender. You can do it. But everybody else, it makes no sense. Like people keep bringing up the Grizzly. The Grizzlies don't need another like you know awesome defender that is a you know average limited score. score. Yeah, yeah, limited score. They have that. With the Grizzlies basically need a Demar Derozan, a, a reliable yes. perimeter scorer. At the end of games, if Jaws not like feeling it, and there another team or is shutting off with Jaws, like you, yeah, because I was all my buddy to go. Trouble. Like if it's a, yeah. yeah, like my buddy's like, oh well, if it gets you an upgrade from Dylan Brooks, it's worth it. I'm like, I could, I could, I could obtain seventy five percent of the league and get an upgrade from yeah. Dylan Brooks and not have to give up three first round picks. Because Memphis is another team, like they're ne- they they need to be careful about what assets they give up because they're never signing a free agent. I don't care how good Jaw is, nobody signing a fr- uh, nobody no free agent is going to sign to play in Memphis. They're just not going to do it. If people aren't lining up to play with fucking Giannis because he's in Milwaukee, you think people are signing up are going to line up to sign with Denver and Memphis to play with Jokic and Ja? You're in your fucking mind. Grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. Um. So I just can't wait. And if it's the Knicks, we will be having an emergency. I don't care if it happens at 1 p.m. You and Tori are going to leave your jobs. We're going to have an emergency podcast. And we're going to we're gonna talk it out about the Knicks giving up three first-round picks. They weren't okay. willing to give up five first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. But they're going to give up three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. I can't wait. It's going to be delicious. Um, I hope they don't do this. <sighs> I, I, I hope to God uh, as well. That would, um, be, that would be bad. Uh, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly bad. Um, okay. So then they also named the all-star reserves tonight. So real quick, Eastern conference, Joel Embiid, obviously is not starting ridiculous. DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Brown, uh, Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, and Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I don't know who you take out. It's probably Holiday. Uh, James Harden not being an all-star is embarrassing. Just absolutely embarrassing. Um, I don't know if it's... I, I don't really know what it is. Like He's played 34 games, so it's not like you can really use that as an excuse. The guy's averaging 24, 24 11, and 6. He's averaging, I, I'm, he was, I, I'm pretty sure at this point he's eligible to be uh, a statistic... A statistics leader, and he's going to be leading the NBA in assists at eleven per game. Like, what, yeah. what, what, what are we? Do- and they're the hottest team in basketball right now. What, what are we doing? I, I guess I would probably take out. Yeah, I would probably take out Holiday, if not Halberton, because the team's five games under five hundred. So, you know, I, I, I don't get it. Um, that's incredibly ridiculous to me. Yeah. Uh, Western Conference, John Morant, Sabonis, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Laurie Marketing, 
Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, okay. Darren Fox not being an all-star is even more horrendous than James Harden. That team is awesome this year. He leads the NBA in freaking clutch points. Yeah. Uh, Jaron Jackson. What? What are we? Jaron Jackson Jr. What? What are we doing? This is real. I I couldn't believe it. Like I, Paul George is is dicey to me because I gotta look up. I'm trying to look up real quick how many games Paul George has played. I'd be shocked if it was over thirty, but maybe I'm just being ignorant. Um. But that's not like that's one thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. over De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing. Absolutely, he's played thirty. No, he's played thirty-seven. I guess I'm being stupid, but like twenty. But even still, twenty-three, six, and five. Like I get it. I guess you want to get at least one guy from the Clippers because they're a top four team right now. But I. It's ridiculous that De'Aaron Fox isn't star. It isn't didn't make the All Star game. Like I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? Stupid. Uh, that's it. I just need to get that horses. out because I. They're all horses. They're all horses, man. Horse sons. I. Uh, like the NBA. Whatever. People talk about the NFL getting it wrong. Like the NBA just constantly gets these things wrong and it's just so annoying so stupid yeah uh speaking of the nfl anything else we mentioned the pro bowls this this weekend um the only thing i wanted to say was uh you know I, i'm definitely a fan of if you're not gonna let the defense actually play just go to a friggin' flag football game been, i've been saying that for years uh you know my preference is that they let them play and they friggin' smack the hell out of each other but you know, they're not going to do that. So just make it a flag football game and, and you know, rekindle all the skills things, which they are. But some of them are a little bit questionable. Like one of them I saw was a friggin' water balloon toss. I kid you not. Hmm. Um, a water balloon toss, Drew. Water balloon toss. Water balloons. Really? That's what that's what we're doing here. <laughs> I, I wish they would just scrap the whole game aspect and just do like come up with just some crazy, just the most crazy skill shit that you can come up with well, for like, like some of these. For some of these players, there's been a lot of stuff popping up on social media with like the old the, stuff, like Peyton. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, like I, I just like that to me for football. Like I love that shit. Like watching these guys because I used to, I used to do that in Madden. Like the practice, like was it yeah. pra- the practice drills? Yeah. The guys just when I would be bored and be like, all right, I'm done like dominating like the create your team. I would do that. So I just thought that was cool. Like I'd love to see like Josh, like all these guys, like these quick, you know, like Hunt, the top pass five and kick. Like if the quarterback, yeah, man, kick. that'd be cool. Um, and or like um, like the speed, like the races again, and they where Daryl Green just smoked everybody. Like, but like again, there were like heats, and like Rod Woodson was in the semi, or was in the championship against Daryl Green, like. Who's you know do the actual fastest man in the NFL like do sprints like forty yard sprints 50, 80 yard sprints hundred whatever, um, yeah just I, I don't know they're, which they are doing some of that stuff they're like they're doing like mo- for lack of a better term most creative catch that's one, um like I said the friggin' water balloons uh 
various stuff. They did, I know tonight was um, a dodgeball game. Okay, fine. I don't know. Whatever. Like, but. let's keep it fo- like just keep it football, but like do skill stuff, man. Like, yeah, agreed. Like, I want to see Peyton Manning throw it over three mountains. Like, I want to see that. Yeah, agreed. So, um, okay, I don't have anything else there for the NFL. Like, yeah, any, any, you want to say anything about the Super Bowl? Um. I I I talk about the go for I, I hate the week off. I mean that's just for like advertising and media and shit, right? That's why they do this week off. No, they 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 moved the Pro Bowl. Uh, it was originally twofold. One to get the teams like give them a, a extra week to get healthy. Okay. And, and two uh, to generate more interest in the Pro Bowl because when they used to do the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl, nobody like, cared. Yeah, which obviously still nobody cares, but. Gotcha. Um, you know, in their minds, they were like, "This keeps it more relevant." Gotcha. Yeah. Um, no, I. I <laughs> the, the best Eagles, they... Eagles are minus one and a half. Okay. Okay. Is that um, where we were a couple days ago when we did the? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll be. Like, we talked about a lot of cool things. The one thing we missed on the Gopher too about subplots, and we can talk about. We'll probably talk about it next week. Is Kemba Holmes break the MVP? Not that he's officially won yet, but. No NFL MVP has won a Super Bowl since 1999. And I guess, was that Kurt Warner or Marshall Falk? I think that was the Rams. Or maybe it was the year before the Rams. Um, 99, the Rams won it. Was it? Yeah. So I wonder, did Warner win MVP or was that Marshall Falk? I'm guessing Marshall Falk. Yeah, so that was the last time that happened. So that, because I, I, think, I think we probably feel like Mahomes is going to get it over Jalen Hurts. So... That'd be kind of interesting. That'd be kind of interesting. Uh, the number one, number two guy to see who uh, who takes that home. But um, I I think the the most hilarious thing the last three days is how uh, some it was Kurt Warner in '99. Was it Kurt Warner? Okay. And oh, and Marshall Falk won it in 2000. When did the and Rams Kurt, win the and Super then Bowl? Kurt Warner won it again in 2001. <laughs> so they went, did they win the Super Bowl in 2000 or in '99? 99, and then I'm pretty sure Brady won in 2000. Yeah, okay, sure. Gotcha. Um, the best thing that some I love how the uh, how quickly the uh, the the media narrative on the Eagles has gone from this is a team that doesn't scare us like for the first 16 weeks of the season to they're so good that anybody could coach or quarterback this team to the Super Bowl in a matter of just three weeks. This is the most ridiculous thing ever to where this was like just an okay team and nobody was scared of them. And now they're basically the 2007 Patriots team where like they're just so great that, you know, any any asshole like me or you could coach them or be the quarterback and they'd be in the Super Bowl. Pretty astonishing how that's flipped. Um, I don't know. I don't, did, were there were there a ton of uh, Eagle Super Bowl predictions uh, preseason that you remember, J.O.? Uh, some, but... Not, oh, not really? Not Some? A ton. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember too many of those. Um, that's been pretty wild. I've been like paying attention to this, uh, to this like story on uh, on social media now. Like some Giants players and all these guys. I'm just. By like, the way, the 2000 was the Ravens over the Giants. Ah, that's right. Yes. Okay. So then they won 99. It always gets goofy because they overlap. Is when they went and lost to the uh, the Patriots. Yeah, they overlap the years, so it always like I always you know what I mean like 99, 2000, 2000, 2001, like all that all that good jazz. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty interesting how that's that's become a storyline. But uh, 
Philly's feeling confident. I don't know. Well, so I'm, I'm, I, I mean, Mahomes is a nightmare. Like, it's just terrifying to play him. I mean, it's no different than Brady, right? It's just like this guy's so fucking good that he just finds ways to win. Um, but like I said, the, the energy's high right now in Philadelphia. I was in the city today, and people are feeling good, man. People are feeling like it's the, this is the Eagles to Eagles Super Bowl to, to lose. So um, what's your uh, what's your what's your gut, gut pick for the game real quick? We'll do a full deep dive next week, but what do you right now? Gut, gun to your head. What are you feeling? Oh, goodness. Um, Eagles. Birds? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I'm, I, honestly, I'm a, I was telling somebody today, well, we can get into it later, but I, I, I could see anything happening in this game. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, um, and also I was joking with some of my buddies how it's fun how because they're people are uh, cranking on um, Hertz's uh, yards and stuff the last couple of games. I love how we forget that the guy separated his shoulder five weeks ago, and like he's magically just supposed to be okay and like <laughs> throwing effectively, and yet Mahomes is like you know the second coming because he played on this sprained ankle, and like we're making that up, but we're completely forgetting that Jalen like is literally playing with a separated shoulder at this point. Pretty fun. Are we? Funsies. I mean, most people are. I I, don't, I haven't heard much about a separated shoulder in Philly. In Philly, it's not because like every press conference with him, they're asking about the shoulder and they're talking about it. But nationally, it's just like, yeah, like hurts. He's a hundred percent to go. He just he just played in the game, so obviously he's a hundred percent. It's like really. Um. Yeah. Okay. But we'll cover. Yeah. Okay. We did a. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen to our. We had, we had a really we had a really good go for two where we. Uh, we got into it with uh, our buddy Teddy, who's obviously a Niners fan, so it was extra, extra delicious. And Jo was he was feeling spunky. It was a good time. As I want to do. Um, other NFL news: Brady retires. We uh, we we had a we put a meme out there of Brady standing outside his old house, like say anything, holding up the boombox, <laughs> trying to get Giselle back. Um, are we 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 trusting it that he's staying retired this time? Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he Yeah, does no too. no way he doesn't. And uh to our buddy Casey, Casey if you're listening, uh blaming Adam Schefter for the destruction of that man's marriage is absolutely absurd. <laughs> I I part of part of me wants to believe it. Part of me that, wants that, to that, that Tom Brady had to be that spiteful that he was going to retire and then decided not to cuz Schefter broke the fucking dude. like it's 2022. Like come on, are we being serious? Yeah. Ups- ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I'm with you, Case. Well, I'm not, and you're you're the coolest friend that I have, Casey, but I gotta say, shame on you for even suggesting that. That's Patriot Homer Homerism right there. Patriot slash Tom Brady Homerism. Blaming <laughs> Schefter for breaking up his marriage. Shefty. It's Funzos. Funzos. Um, all right. Let's move on. Hey, um, guess what? Half clappers? No, we already talked about NHL. Did we? We did. Remember the okay. guy with the broken back? They tra- oh, that's right. The, the captain got traded. That fucking guy that's been killing it all year, Adam Scott. Uh, that's a golfer. Um, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, yeah, that guy. Um, NASCAR. We back? When are we back? Kind of. Almost. So the clash, the the Bush Light clash is back in the L.A. Coliseum this year. It's effectively the preseason, Drew. 
but it's back on Sunday, this weekend. It's going up against the Pro Bowl, pretty much. Um, and then the weekend after is the Daytona 500. So, whatever. I might watch some of it on Sunday. It'd probably be more interesting than the Pro Bowl. But my question to you is, last year... I gave my picks. We did the betting every week. Uh, kept track of, of the plus and minus. Should we do that again this year? Was that interesting? I loved it. Every second of it. Should we tweak it in any for, any way, shape, or form? I think you did fantastic. I need honest feedback right now. I'm not the guy to ask for that feedback, so. Why? I get it. I mean, I because I... I the my only my only NASCAR knowledge is from you, so I just get excited when you get excited. So I think it's great. Yeah, so you that's not what I'm asking. Again. Was it was it as a non NASCAR person? Was it interesting enough to repeat it? I was always following what you were talking about when it came to your where we stood in our bets for NASCAR. Okay, I thought you were being facetious up until the point where you said the part about the betting. Yeah, we were like plus. We were plus something, and then every week it was like, yeah, if we just got one more like lap, this, this, and this, and then Goff was saying something dumb about that's Eddie Bed or something, and then you just pissed on him and random stuff. I always found all that stuff exciting. Okay. Well, if anybody else has any other suggestions, let us know. But I guess, you know, starting next week, we'll make our picks. We'll do the same thing. We'll, do, we'll pick four, do a buck each, and uh, just see, see what we can net out for the whole year. Um, all right parlay we doing this no freaking football man uh, thank god football's done Kay. thank god all right we we doing a parlay this week or are we just holding on because it's it's the, all we have is navarate stoppage all we all we have is the nba because the other ones are in the in their all-star games why can't we do Navarrete stoppage? We can. So Navarrete stoppage. On Friday I believe, night. I believe in him. All right, and I'm going to pick um, a basketball game. I'm going to pick the uh, the Celtics to cover nine and a half against the Suns. Okay. I like it. So we got Navarrete and the Celtics to cover. Love that. And that's... That's it for the parlay. All right, finish beer one if you got any left. I don't. Smoke them if you got them. Let's assume positions for the world-famous two-brew salute for beer number two. And a three. And a two. And a skadoosh. Baba Gadoosh. Where is she? She's still in the house? Huh. Um, all right. This week. Let's we're just skipping meme of the week and uh, shout out to him because we're going long. Are we? How long are we in here? <clears throat> Hour ten so far. What are we even talking about? I told you we had a lot of shit, man. You just <sighs> never listen to me. I don't. I really don't. Never, never listens to me. Um. All right, Last of Us. You're caught up, right? I am. Wow. Wow. Well, obviously, episode three is its own thing. So, but I, I, let's not let's not do a deep dive on episode three. Be, let's wait until end of the season when we do a catch up with Tori. 
Yeah, I'd love to do uh what's in the game versus what's not in the game. Kind of, I still didn't get a chance to listen to his recap, or just like his the over the, what you guys did when I was out. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm definitely going to be the wife watching the TV show with her husband, asking like, what happened? What does this guy do? What is this with Tori <laughs> after the season's over? Taking notes to understand like what's what. Um. Yeah, I so my thoughts on the first episode. I love the big head. I love the first big scene head. where they what's that? Big head. Big head. I love the first scene where they should have gave him a big gulp. That would have been hilarious. Oh, it's so good. I mean, yeah, I, I love how they were in like nineteen was nineteen the sixties, seventies. Oh, by the way, we cracked the beers and didn't say what they were. I got another nugget. I got another light. Um. I I lo- I really look. I thought that scene was cool. How they set up what was actually going to happen with the fungus, um, with that one scientist. Everyone's laughing at him about like this guy's talking. The other guy's talking about viruses, pandemics, and this guy just comes out of nowhere. And goes, yeah, fun guy. And everyone's looking at him like, what are you nuts? And it's like, well, imagine the world just gets a little bit warmer and they evolve like three degrees warmer. And it's like, Jesus, that's like. <laughs> So like, is this a real thing? I I always said no. to Google, be like, is no. this is this an actual thing? Um, I really like this. I like this this concept of it's they're they're like zombies, but not zombies. Like they're basically just human bodies being infected by fungus and no. taking over their brains. That is a real fungus. It's, it's I know, oh, I know, yeah. With the but, like, so it's yeah. So they're not really zombies. Right, but like, not in the true sense. Yeah, it's just something different. And episode two, I just I fucking dug. And this, I obviously Tori, I asked, I asked the question. Tori told us it's, this isn't in the game. I and I don't know if they got this from Stranger Things, but I dug the additional layer of like the the fungus that's growing on the ground speak like it's all interconnected. Just basically like Stranger Things. Like how ve- all the vines and shit in the um, upside down are all connected to Vecna and the Demogorgons and whatever other you know the mind flare to that like if you step on a fu- on a fungi six miles away from a horde that horde knows where you are and comes after you like that was awesome that scared the shit out of me but that that was awesome. Absolutely, and yeah, he said. Tori said that this isn't in the video games. This is something they added on. Um, I I know they have a podcast. I I might listen to it to see if they talk about that, like why they added that in. Uh, I'm sure they won't, because maybe I'm the only nerd that's thinking about it. Really good. I I really like the concept. Um, absolutely heartbreaking. Spoiler alert. Absolutely heartbreaking that um, Joel's uh little girl dies in the first episode. I mean, obviously you spoiled that for me in our group text, but that's fine. That. Here- you know what? I will. I will say you were the one talking about. Oh, this actor's in it, and this, and this, and this, and th- she was in this and that. I thought in my. You didn't say so, but in my mind, I was like, oh, he he watched it. Oh, gotcha. No, no worries. Um, she is that the, the daughter that dies in the first isn't in anything. I don't know what she's in. It's the the yeah. girl that's um yeah carrying the like the cure. She's in Game of Thrones. Um. But yeah, like I, I thought that. But even so, it was well done. Like the whole time, there you said it perfectly. The the transitions with silence is fantastic. It's way more creepy and terrifying than anything else you can do, and it's so basic. Um, that's great. 
Uh, I like the misdirection the show does again, like the whole time they're in the car in that first episode with the father, the uncle, they keep talking about how they think the virus started. If you were in the city and the girl was in the city to get the watch and you're like, Oh my God, like she's going to be infected and die with the virus. And she just ends up getting fucking shot by some stupid ass military guy. Um, like it's just misdirects you. Cause you think it's going to be an infection. It, it's just all great. Um, I guess the only thing that I'll say now that will ruin the show is if they somehow make it that the government purposely spread this or did had some involvement so that they could become uh, basically a Palpatine dictatorship over the world and control everybody yeah, while, be annoying. whilst destroying it at the same time. That would really be fucking dumb. And I'd be like – all right, this is just stupid then. We just all wasted our time. Now, I don't know if that's in the game, if that's a thing, but, like, I would just be infuriated. I'm like, this is so dumb. Yeah. It's like, really? We just, you destroyed 95% of the world so you could rule over 5% of it with, like, no natural resources left and just, like, having, you know, you know, anytime you walk out of these quarantine zones, you could be ripped apart by a fungus head monster. Come on. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's not the case. Um <clears throat> But so far, like I said, great. And again, we, we're we thinking that Joel's girlfriend got bit by one of those things in the library that where we are. She didn't just get infected during that uh, building yes. blowing up. Yes. Gotcha. So okay. you, mean, you mean Tess? Tess, yeah. So, by the way, sad, sad news. Um, that actress, Annie Worshing, she died on Sunday. She passed away. Seriously? At the age of 45, yes. Oh my God! What happened? Uh, cancer. She she quietly wow. fought cancer. Um, she did she and she continued to work anyway. She didn't tell any. She didn't Poly, tell many people. But like uh, Polly Gray, man, jeez. Um, and Annie Worshing, and I I looked at her bio before and I missed this and my heart just sunk because she plays, I and this is silly of me because my heart should sink anyway, but. She played one of my favorite characters. She played Renee Walker on Twenty Four. Which, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, if you if you go back and watch Twenty Four, which you totally should do, um, she was smoking hot on Twenty Four, um, which was probably ten years ago now. Um, she was a love interest of of, of Jack Bauer uh, at one point, and um, yeah, and then she played, which I can't believe that was her as it, it, like ten years later. I didn't even recognize her. Um, maybe it had something to do with the cancer. I don't know, but, um, yeah, she, she passed away. She leaves behind three kids and, and her husband, um, that she was married to for like 15 years. So re- really sad. Um, 14 years. They were married in 09. Um, you know, so RIP. She, she, I mean, between this and 24, man, she was in a couple iconic series. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know her whole, her whole, uh, you know, list, but that that's a couple a couple things that she was. Oh doing. man, that's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, unfortunate, um, sad. But um, m- bouncing off of that idea, let's. We wanted to go back to old faithful. Wait, wait unless you have anything else you want to say. Um. No, I just um. I again, I I didn't play the video game, so I have 
zero clue where this is going. But yeah, we're gonna bring Tori in at the at the end. I just I fucking dig it, man. I just I just like the take on on what the what the infection and even the uh was that episode three or two? No, it was episode two where it's it goes back to two thousand three where the out where the outbreak happened and you have that doctor that came in was looking and they were like she's like there's no cure it's like what do we do it's like it's like it's like bomb, bomb, bomb the city bomb this city immediately and kill everybody in it I'd like to go home this to be with my family like that was just chilling it's like that was well done you're right wow. that was really well done yeah wow um just so good man it's just so good uh and again it's not like zombie stuff it's zombie stuff is an original but they found a and it's coming from a game a, so a yeah different take on it's it. just say yeah, it's just to me it's just more unique um yeah 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 i dig it i dig it it's good that's all I, yeah that's all i got it's good um but i think you suggested this idea Obviously. but we're gonna do two top five lists we're we're gonna go back back to our old pod favorite top five list. First list, five athletes that you would want that you would pick to survive in this universe with. Now, we're not talking about Bill and Frank. You ha- already have your lockdown compound. We're talking about like your Joel. You're out there moving moving about. You could you basically could... the journey from 2003 to 2023. Yeah, like you know, who 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 you riding with? Like world goes to crap, you survive the initial initial shitstorm. Who who's your crew? Five athletes you got to pick. And I didn't actually text you that I changed the rules to this, but I made mine. I did one from each sport, one from each league. I did not. That's fine. I. Because I ended up with like five boxers and was like, "Yeah, this is boring. Let me, let me, let me, let me do one from each league and find a reason for it." I have three football players and two fighters. Love it, love it. You go first. And I, I, mine aren't ranked in any particular order. Yeah, it's fine. No worries. But uh, first, I'll start with James Harrison. Oh, okay. He's just he's just a badass. He's big. He's tough. Team player. Like, you you need that muscle. So I'm going. I'm going James Harrison. Great. Uh, so I'll do my NFL guy. Uh, I went uh, George Kittle. Okay. Uh, absolute psycho, uh, clown, <laughs> and you know, great blocker. If I need someone in front of me to to ward off some of these 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 walking fun guy, also a great yard after catch guy. So like, if we got to get a vaccine to somebody. I know I can rely on this guy to just march through a bunch of zombies and just keep going and just get us get us to the finish line. So George Kittle was my my NFL player. All right, um, a fighter for me. I went with Israel Adesanya. I know he he's coming off a loss, but like I just freaking like again. I I just wanted another badass who could fight. He's not big and bulky like James Harrison, but like. You know, he, he you get into a scuffle with either people or these zombies, like the guy's a fighter, you know? Like so again, went went with a little bit more muscle there. Uh my boxer, and then this is a no brainer. Uh King Artur, Artur better be of. Oh, good that's I a just, good one. I, I just want this motherfucker. I want this guy next to me the entire time. 
just knocking out zombies, one strut uh, knockouts, one at a time, just a tough son of a bitch. He's not going to crack under the pressure or be scared. I Just walk walk with me into hell. Artur better be if. Well, my my boxer I went with actually was Usyk. Just, just a yeah. I, I, I was between him and Better Beev because they were. my, I started out Better Beev, Usyk, uh, Deontay Wilder, and I'm like, okay, this is becoming too boxing heavy. <laughs> so let me, I'm, I'm just gonna do. That's why I was like, let me just do one each sport, and I got it down to Usyk and Better Beev, and then I just was like, nah, Better Better Beev's the fucking bastard. I'm, I, I he's, he's got to be my guy. Yeah, with Usyk, just because he's crazy, and like inevitably, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need somebody with a with a screw loose to to survive. Belly. Yeah, so went went Usyk on that one. Can't can't be mad about it. Um, uh, who's your fourth? Uh, no, my third. Oh, okay, yeah, your third. Uh, so next was baseball. Uh, obviously, uh, the best player of the game. I went Bryce Harper. Uh, I I almost picked him. Whether whether it's just hanging out with somebody cool to get me through, uh, get me through the long nights. Talk to me about just good good hair hair care hair product. Huh. Uh, you know, give this give this guy a bat. He's gonna be just taking fuckers' heads off. Just just give me Bryce all day every day. Well, the other thing I was thinking too is you're gonna have to use an axe in the apocalypse. That's true. Like to split wood or whatever. Like, and with his swinging, like that could Oof. come in handy. Thing of beauty. Um, my, my number four, I went a little outside the box here. I went, went Vaughn Miller. And the reason I say that is because the guy has actual legitimate chicken farms, like poultry farms. So like he's still a a super destructive football player, but he also has a little bit of farming skill. So that's, that's why I figured he'd be an asset. Okay. Love it. Love that. Who you got uh, for my NBA guy? I went Dennis Rodman, man. Oh. Like he's the right kind of crazy. Like today, Dennis Rodman. Uh yeah. Oh, or definitely. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect kind of crazy. Um, I feel like he definitely knows his way around some needles. So if I had to like inject myself with some penicillin, <laughs> that's or, a good point. That's a good uh, point. Or if we had any kind of emergency, I feel like he's or probably the, or like the like the cure. He's probably well prepared, and honestly, he's such a crazy guy. Would it shock you if like a fungi infected zombie came up to him and Robin just started talking to the dude and somehow solved the entire conflict just by talking to these fucking guys? Because I not- thought you were gonna say if if he had the immune DNA, that's the, like you could have. It could be who knows? Because he's a fucking. Like, I, I did the whole 1997 season on quaaludes. It, it didn't affect <laughs> me at all. Uh, I just, yeah, right? Like, it's like, hey, hey, Mr. Fungi guy, instead of like biting me, like, why don't we just like figure out, why don't we just like hang out here and just, you know, get drunk and do coke? And then then the the fungi guy will be like, yeah, you know, that's way better than me just eating you. Huh. Rodman Rodman would somehow find a a, uh, a win 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 out of all this. My number five, which you're going to love, and I am talking about today's version of, but Terrell Owens. Like, I, okay. I, I wanted to go for speed because to your point before, like if I got, if someone has to like sprint a vaccine through a horde, like I'm like, all right, I, I got to go for speed. So I was thinking of all these athletes and I'm like, who is just like freakishly fast? And I'm like thinking of NBA players and like, you know, some football players again. And, I, and I'm just like, 
You know what? I, I just saw Terrell Owens run like a 4-4 the other day. But with the size, the athleticism, and just the speed, like he still has the power and the toughness. And you know he's a team player. He's going to be over on the sideline crying, that's my quarterback, man. That's my teammate. And, like, so you know he cares about the team. Like, he, he's just he's just going to be a total asset out there. Love it. Uh, speaking of assets, my number five, Blonde Bomber, Ebony Bridges. There you go. Uh, can fight, and let's just be honest. I need, I need, uh, I need some loving on this on this twenty year journey. And uh, my God, Whew. roll tide. Well, I guess you're gonna like where my our next list is going then for, for that. Oh, great! That is spectacular. Oof. Our next list was five actors slash actresses slash celebrities. I'll let you go first. <sighs> okay. Uh. <laughs> my first one was Christian Bale. I so, don't, don't hate it. So the reason is though, he's kind of a prick. So like, I feel like at some point, like if someone had to get like voted off the island or you had to like feed somebody to the zombies, he'd probably be the first one to go. So if I'm with <laughs> him, like I find of kind of feel safe that someone's not going to pick me to have to be the sacrificial lamb because <laughs> he's kind of like you're you're going to be doing something. He's going to yell at you for like being in his light or just doing something wrong. So I kind of want Christian Bale there because I'm like, well, he's a cool guy. He's also a dick, and you know, if we had to if we had to make a call, he's probably going to be the one they're going to be like yeah we we you know christian it's been cool but yeah we're kind of sick of your shit we're going to feed you to these guys and we're going to get away <laughs> he's gonna be the otis exactly <laughs> exactly he's gonna be our otis <laughs> um my number one in all these scenarios and i can't stress this enough and you're not going to know this person but it's presumptuous Sur- survivor man Les Stroud. i will not know who that is correct he is a former former British military survivalist who had his own TV show called Survivor Man. Um, okay. It was a reality show, but it was uh, it was he filmed it all himself, and he was he's just an awesome survivor survivalist. So right off the bat, he, okay, he's gonna be clutch in terms of just everything, shelter, food, all that. Love it, love it. Who's your number two? <sighs> well, my superficial side of having to take care of my needs. Uh, I went Jennifer Lopez. All right. I just need my hot mama, man. Um, I've had three celebrity crushes, like legit celebrity crushes in my <laughs> life. Kim Basinger when I was four or five years old when Batman came out. Uh, Jennifer Lopez when I peaked at like 11 to 13 age. And Rashida Jones once I got to college. Those are my three boos. And if I, I had you, to pick, what's that? I wish you picked someone that had some kind of skill, though. I, I mean, she's got skills, bro. Uh, so I, I, I just, I just went superficial and was like, if I got to make some babies and keep the world going, I'm, I'm gonna pick Jennifer Lopez right, to, look, to help I, me. With I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I have some picks that are similar here, but I, I tried to at least blend some skill. You ready? I, I'm not blend. I, that's why I got Ebony. I, I don't need Jennifer to do anything else but just to love me. Gina Carano. Who? Oh, oh yeah. For, right. Former UFC star. Oh no. Star, oh, oh, from Mando. Oh yeah, from yeah. From yeah. Mando, Star Wars badass. Like she's she's just she's just a badass. So like she's gonna be super useful out there on the trail. 
surviving, but like also a hottie. So went with went with her in in the fivesome. Who's your number three? Um, are you blanking now? No, 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 I got it, I got it. Uh, number three. These are so, all right, well, I'll, I'll leave my, my badass survivors to last. My last, like, just just want to hang out and have a good time. Ryan Reynolds. God. Just Blessed. just just want, just want somebody to make me laugh and hang out and have a good time with and just make me happy in this time of despair. Plus, he's in, like, great shape, too. So, like, you know, and again, a zombie will come up to kill us and he'll just start making, like, little quips and smart-ass com- comments and maybe that'll save us. Uh, all right. Um, my number three, Katie Sackhoff. Again, haughty, but she's just a survivor badass. Whether it's Firefly, uh, again, Mando, or even in 24, she played like kind of like a psycho killer. So like, I know she's got it, got it in her to like, like kind of, you know, do what's got to be done. Um, and even in Big Bang, how they were obsessed with Katie Sackoff and had in uh, what Howard had the the daydream of him taking a bath with her or whatever. I just I just love Katie Sackoff. So you do. She's she's making the cut. She's she's in the survival group. Who's your number four? I went Tom Hardy. Oh, that's a good one. I want a Brit. I want a tough bastard. A guy that you know probably knows how to survive out in the wild. He's got his uh, he's got his Birmingham roots. I'm sure he's doing some. I'm sure he did some real life study out there with Alfie Salmons. Uh, yeah, did uh, he was he was he played Mad Max at one point. I feel like he's the guy that really gets into uh, his character work, and he's he's done some pretty badass survival characters. So went Tommy Hardy. All right. Number four, and this is where I went a little bit softer. Scarlet Joe. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking that if she did all those stunts in the Marvel movies, she's at least she's maybe a little bit tough, maybe. And I just love Scarlet Joe, so that's my that's my J Lo pick for you. But at least Scarlet Joe played like a superhero. She was Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, maybe she could at least fight a little bit or something. Yeah, it's true. It's fair. Uh, who's your last one? Uh, John Berthal. Just another fucking not super bad. badass. Shane, Walking Dead. has got a little bit of experience there. Not bad, but not bad. Just a tough fucking dude. Like, Well, he's the one that's got to shoot Christian Bale and leave him behind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking but of Otis. He's just going to be walking around with kettlebells and, uh, and his combat boots. <laughs> just crushing shit, bro. My number five. I almost did Tom Cruise because, again, just – Kind of like the guy with a little bit of a screw loose. I mean, we, we, you know, if you haven't seen the video of Tom Cruise driving the motorcycle off the cliff for the next Mission Impossible, I mean, my God, the, the guy's insane. So I almost went Tom Cruise, but I did not. What I, who I did choose, Jim Caviezel. Okay. Uh, you know, he was uh, Ed, Edmund Dantes or whatever the heck the name was in Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, John from Person of Interest, who is a badass, but also he's a very faithful person. You know, you're gonna need some light in this dark time. So, between his badass work and his faith, faithful work, I, I went with Caviezel there to to round it out. So, to recap, my five athletes were James Harrison, Israel Adesanya, Usyk, Von Miller, and T.O. 
and my five actors and actresses were Les Stroud, Gina Carano, Katie Sackhoff, Scarlett Joe, and Jim Caviezel. And yours, I didn't write down, so I can't rattle off. My celebrities were Jennifer Lopez, Christian Bale, Ryan Reynolds, John Bernthal, and Tom Hardy. My athletes were Archer Betterbeev, the Blonde Bomber, Ebony Bridges, Bryce Harper, Dennis Rodman, and George Kittle. There you go. I'm feeling pretty good. I I may not live as long as you, but I'm definitely going to have more smiles on my face in the mornings. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, Until you become a fungus head monster. That's that's true. (laughs) Oh, how great it'll be, though. Uh, Love will abide. Who is this person, though? Who's the new Katie Bush? Um, Linda Ronstadt. I don't even know who that is. What song does she sing? Uh, Long, Long Time from the the song that those guys were singing. Is that the 80s? Is that, is that the 80s? Like in the 80s, like the Bad News one? No, it was the song they were singing. Love will abide. Okay. Take things in stride. Sounds like good advice. But there's no one at my side. They were singing it in episode three. Gotcha. Bill, Bill and Frank. Gotcha. Who was the girl? There was no girl. I know. <laughs> did not I, see the, did I, not see that Ron Swanson turn coming, but there it was. I did. I, it was like the first thing I thought of. Good um, for you. Which, by the way, uh, nah, we'll get into it later. Anyway. All right, so that ended up being a quick beer too, but it was a good, it was a goodie. Um, any, oh, my beer is actually almost gone. Um, anything else, sir? Not now. Not now. Not never. Not now. All right, my friend. Well, um, this was fun. Good episode yeah. yet again. Episode one twenty one. Click one twenty one. And uh, as per usual, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Big kisses. Big kisses. Frank and Beans. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd. Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud <laughs>